Episode 19 of Ask Alex on the OneOuter.com podcast. Alex, can you believe this is the 19th Ask Alex? No, I cannot. That's pretty pretty crazy. But as always, it's a pleasure to be here. I always want to thank you for having me on this. Because uh, just so you all at home know, uh, Barry does all the work. I just log my stupid ass here once every so often and then talk. But yeah, 19. It's crazy. 19, yeah. Um, it's quite good. I was listening to some of the other ones uh, I had to do some editing for something else I'm doing just now and oh, that reminds me uh, there's also on oneouter.com podcast some guy emailed me saying uh, oh I didn't know you did like all these other interviews as well if you go into iTunes or actually onto oneouter.com and just click on podcast you'll be able to see all the previous episodes as well and it isn't just Alex I've had Helmuth on Greenstein Phil Lack etc so there's lots of uh, interviews with them. It's not like a Q&A thing, but uh, there's also interviews with Alex about Alex's life and stuff like that as well. So if you want some previous podcasts, just go to oneouter.com, click on podcasts and go through them there. It should be pretty easy to find them. And again, on iTunes, everything I've ever done uh, podcast-wise is all available on there for free just now. So uh, get involved with that. Um, so Alex, you're you're back from Vegas. I uh, believe you were involved in some rap battle stuff going on over there. It's been on Twitter and uh, places like that and Facebook. I've seen people commenting. It seems to be pretty uh, positive, you know, feedback on the whole. Um, people have taken it, you know, for the fun that it was and stuff like that. Uh, so we may as well just kick off with that. Um, what was it like then? Oh man, that was. Uh... It was kind of a fugue state. I didn't, you know, the whole time I was practicing for it, it was always kind of like a joke in my mind. Like, yeah, right. Like, I'm really going to battle the source. And then when I got there, it kind of furthered the narrative. It was a joke because we couldn't get a time down. And then it was, you guys are going to be in the parking lot. You guys are going to be in the in the main room or you guys are going to be in a Dairy Queen. We don't, we don't really know, you know. And it was kind of... It, no part of me really felt like it was actually going to happen because I, I don't know. I'm not really, I, uh, I, I have this weird thing where nothing's really, I'm very distant from a lot of things in my mind. And then one day it, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, you're going to be battling on the ESPN main stage. And then I was like, what? You know? And then, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just happening. I show up and they're like, okay, we're going to have Bruce Buffer introduce you. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> like, <laughs> it costs like, I don't know how much it is, but I think it's got to be like forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to get that guy to announce anything. And then they, you know, they just asked him and he was like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, it was, uh, I went up there and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really have... I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to say, but I didn't really know how the battle was going to go. And uh, I didn't really have a very solid idea for it. So I just came I, I just came out in round one, like, trying to set the tone. And uh, I thought I, – I hoped I rattled him a bit, but I, I was hoping he'd, like, try to come back stronger. But, like, then I thought I would win because I – because I wrote more nasty stuff, <laughs> and uh, 
but he just, you know, he played it really cool, and he didn't even, like, use bad words, which kind of made me look like a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> He's never done that, by the way. In, like, 10 years, 120 battles, you know, he, he says stuff I would, like, never say either. Like, and he just, I mean, honestly, he outplayed me, you know what I mean? He showed, like, okay, real rappers here, you know? With that do you think do you think that you definitely did that then? Yeah, like as consciously. Yeah. I'm not going to use one curse word sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been like, uh, oh, I want ESPN to play this on the broadcast. Or, in if it, if that was the motivation though, I get the idea he would have like let me know ahead of yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm not using bad words. If you could, or maybe he wanted me to use only bad words. So if they were going to show any footage. It would be because yeah, there's no way yours is getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought they could bleep it out or something, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, he outclassed me, which I was expecting. You know, I was just kind of hoping, you know, if we were going to go in there and trade, like I, I thought, you know, like I don't care about these people. I'm not trying to get into this industry. You know, yeah. I've, I've had, I've had it with a lot of these people. I can say what I want. He's still got a lot of, you know, he's he's really. Uh, you know, he's working in poker and he's got to be good in poker, you know what I mean? I uh, Just for the fact I've spent the last 10 years doing nothing else, I guess I could say some things that maybe he would... Uh, a, I don't want to say he's an outsider, but, like, it's certainly... Uh, he, he the, the clout you need in the industry to, like, you know, get moving in a lot of different places I already have and I know I'm not going to lose, so I thought I could take some risk, but he didn't even play my game. He completely outclassed me. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. To be honest with you, I have no real memory during the event. I just kind of went up there and said my things, and I, uh, I thought he said a bunch of – I didn't understand some of his lyrics because at some point I was just panicking because I couldn't remember something. And then uh, he really surprised me how he came out, you know, and like nothing was uh, night. Sorry, my Maltese is trying to, hey, my Maltese is trying to wake up the poodle. But uh, uh, I, I kind of expected him to go a little harder and then, you know, like he does in all of his battles. But I was kind of, you know, I was really taken aback by how he did it. Which, honestly, I probably should have predicted, you know, because he was doing something for another industry. He was probably going to be really polite. He's a, uh-huh. he's a professional like that, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. for some reason in my mind, like, I didn't watch a ton of his battles before it, but I was like, okay, it's the source. And, like, the source is, like, a brutal dude. Like, he says some awful crap in his other stuff, you know what I mean? And I was just, I was kind of preparing for that. And then when he came out all, you know, like, he was really chill and everything. I was like, okay, I'm going to drop this, 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 because if I say this now, this is going to be like, I mean, it looks over the top already, but like, yeah. it would have been horrible if I said some of the things I was planning <laughs> to say. But, you know, I didn't really feel like I lost anything with it. And I, it, I put in some things I hadn't really like practiced. That was just more like rapping and having fun. And, but yeah. I felt like the crowd wasn't, I felt like the crowd wanted punches, you know what I mean? They wanted me to say some nasty stuff after that round yeah, one. Of course, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I was kind of, well, I was like, well, my round three is going to, like, blow this out of the water, right? And then uh, WSLP security gets there, and they're like, y'all got to move out, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Because my round two sucked. Like, I needed to com- 
finish this off, you know what I mean? And then they're like, you can do it at the next break, right? And I was like, okay, that's cool. Although, you know, it, maybe that was better for me because I felt like Pete was getting some momentum in round two, right? I felt like all the momentum was on my side in round one. And I kind of like dropped the ball on round two. And then, uh, I mean, I did okay, but like I didn't have a finisher like the Stu Unger line in round two. Because uh, I dropped the one I was going to use. So it was, uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, and then we do round three and they're like, WSOP security is like, uh, nobody but you guys can come in. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, we're going to do it without a crowd? And like, the source didn't even freak out. He was like, okay, we'll do this. And I, I was like, okay, so we do our round three. There's no crowd interaction. So it sounds like the crowd's just dead on the YouTube video. And then, uh, <laughs> You know, and then uh, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, and then the source was, source, by the way, is like the coolest dude you'll ever meet. He's like polite to everybody. He was like a total gentleman. He, you know, one of the things that is weird to my wife is in Costa Rica, when you come up to somebody and they're like wife, you're supposed to say hi to the wife as well. And like poker players will just like yell some random crap at you and then like leave and then when uh we met the source you know he was super polite and he was you know sh shook her hand and he he just seems like he's from like really good education a really professional dude you know what i mean and like yeah. you know he sat there after the event he spit his third round again and i was you know it was it was weird to think like i was actually rapping with that guy you know what i mean because it was like wow man like this guy's a real rapper you know what i mean like yeah. This dude's the truth, you know, and it was a, you know, it was a real honor to get up there and do my thing with, uh, you know, rapping with him. I kind of wish I approached it differently now, but, uh, you know, it was still a lot of fun. I'm really glad we got to do it. No, it was, it was cool, and it seems to have got a bit of traction and exposure and stuff like that, you know, on Twitter and YouTube and things. So um, anybody that's not seen it, just go on to YouTube, search Assassinato the Saurus battle and it'll pop up and I posted it in the one outer group on Facebook as well and it's on Twitter and stuff like that. It's not hard to find and uh, it's good it's good value. It's it's bet you did good. I think you did good. It was uh more sort of even than I sort of expected actually. <laughs> on on the on the whole. It was. I mean, I, th uh, I think I got a unfair advantage. Like if you're gonna take cheap shots at somebody and be funny and the other guy's, yeah. like, actually sitting there trying to rap, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> the guy's, like, trying to bring some class to an event, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, it's like, I, I'm going to win an argument, but the other guy doesn't use bad words, and he's a nice guy, and I'm just going to sit there and get in his face and start spitting on him, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm probably going to win the argument, but nobody's going to say I did it with class. But, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Hey, my next opponent's from Scotland. Did I tell you this? No. You know who Soul is? No. Have you ever? Yeah, he's a. Uh, uh, you know what Don't Flop is? I know you're not super into the battle no. thing. It's like no. it's the British rap battle league. It's pretty big now, and uh, right. one of their biggest performers is from Scotland, and it's a dude named Soul. But yeah, no, I I don't know for sure. But he he also he plays poker and he's into it. And I was like, you're next, Soul, right? Like as a. What's his actual name? What's his actual name? Uh, Jed Mitchell, and. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, but he, uh, no, nah, we were, like, we were talking on Twitter, and I kind of, like, threw it out there, but it looks like he's into it, so we might have a, we have another, we might have another one of these, 
And he's out because Yeah, he's going to be in the States, too. So you're going to have to give me, I mean, other than Mel Gibson mispronouncing a bunch of things in Braveheart, I don't know what to make fun of about Scotland. So you're going to have to help me. <laughs> and the diet, the climate, <laughs> uh, you know, things like that. I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> the problem is, if we do it in the States, I'll have to explain everything to the, to yeah, the, to the States before I make that's the joke. True. Just keep it international, uh, non-race-specific insults. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, maybe I'll just yeah, but whatever. So how how else did Vegas go then? What was what was the good things? What was the bad things? Give us a sort of rundown. I mean, the bad thing was kind of uh, I, I I showed up there and there was a uh, I. I the, trying to get a bunch of money together for an event is never easy and then we had some other expenditures come up and that was pretty stressful and there was like a lot of days just like random things would happen like I'd show up the bank was closed and stuff like that and then you know I was always kind of running around and trying to end uh, the place I rented out uh, like uh, I rented a place at Palm's place and uh, they actually were pretty good for most of the day but I showed up there and like you know we're all ready to cook, and then my wife starts cooking, and then there's like, you know, we open up all the drawers and stuff, and there's like no utensils, right? And there's right. no, there's no like plates or pans, and that's supposed to just be in the place. And then uh, I literally called like five times and waited two and a half hours before anybody brought me anything, you know what I mean? And like, and it wasn't like they called me back or anything, like they just ignored me, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty, you know, and there was like lots of stuff like that that came up, and then, you know, I... Honestly, I was really stressed about this battle because I was thinking, you know, the source was going to do his source thing. And I was like, maybe he's going to try to make a viral video by just trying to destroy me. You know what I mean? And then it was like, you know, I was super stressed about that the whole time. And I was kind of an ass uh, to uh, deal with around that time. You know what I mean? And then, uh, and then, you know, once it was all over, it was like, oh, okay, that was fun. And then moving on. But it was a... You know, I lost like twenty five, thirty thousand, but it was uh I, I cashed in only one event. Uh lost aces to King Jack off. That was uh you know, <laughs> in the money. Uh pretty cool. <laughs> uh, the Venetian one point one K that uh big honey won. Uh but you know, it was uh I had a lot more fun like playing live than I've play- had in a long time. Uh people at the Rio are complete horses asses. Like I do not like professional poker players. I don't like them more now. Uh I had an old guy at my table. He looked like he was scared. It looked like he really realized he walked into the lion's den. You know what I mean? And, you know, and I'm just trying to ask after anything, you know, like get him talk about, talking about anything that will make him comfortable. And, you know, we're having, like, a good conversation. And, like, these guys who are my age who are supposed to be professional players are, like, mocking him every time he does something wrong. And I just, I, you know, I'm a pretty chill dude, but I almost, like, uh, Almost as I wanted to like reach over the table and like slap these kids, like yeah, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, you know, like you know, this guy took time out of his day to come play with us, and he has no real expectation he's gonna win. You know what I mean? He just came here for the fun, and you guys are making it no fun for him. You know what I mean? And he has every right to not come back here. So like I don't know, I I really hated all the brats at the Rio. I really hate that scene. I really hate the Rio structures. Uh, 
I mean, like, hate's a strong word, but I, I really do not like the WSOP structures for these smaller events. Like, it, they're so garbage to me, and I, I'm so sick of these guys that need to take 20 seconds on every fucking decision. Like, it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I know you play at home, and you do this in half a second across 13 tables. Could you please move it along? Like, I just, I mean, you take 20 seconds, he takes 20 seconds, that guy takes 20 seconds. You all think you're fucking dur in the beginning levels of a 1500, and guess what? I don't have half of a level to play because you dipshits needed to age your poker experience like a fine wine and waste my time. And it's just, you know, I just don't, uh, I just don't get it. And then, but I went to the Venetian, you know, where Satan lives, uh, Sheldon Allison. But I went there because, you know, I mean, like I used to play poker games with drug dealers and I'd have to pay off the drug dealers. You know what I mean? This guy pays his taxes. He has a different view. I don't care. You know what I mean? And guess what? Yeah. There was none of these little brat poker players there. And now I'm talking to, like, real people, you know what I mean? Like, guys who own businesses. Like, a guy from Alaska who loved hunting, and he was, like, telling me all about, like, hunting in different parts of the world. And, uh, uh, like, I, I met, like, a dentist from uh, California, an Asian guy, you know what I mean? He was, like, he was really cool and explaining different things about the industry. It was cool, and it was fun, and everybody was laughing and having a good time. I was like, hey, this is chill, you know what I mean? And then I don't, yeah. I don't know why I went to the win and uh, the win it was the same thing I got this table that was amazing I mean they took all my chips at the end so maybe they hustled me but it was uh, <laughs> there were all these professionals that were actually like really nice people to everyone the dealers the other people I was like hey man maybe it's changing you know what I mean in the states and a kid bluff bluff me like I never really get bluffed that bad but a kid like bluff me like I've never. I, I don't know. It was a bad trip because normally I pick off bluffs really well, but I got really outplayed in one hand. I got, and everything was just, I mean, it was like I had set over, I had set under set three times in the main event. Uh, I took a really big pot from a Russian guy and he said a word in a Russian. Uh, he, he, he said suka, which means I think like bitch, uh, but uh, he said some things under his breath, right? I was like, okay, cool, I got him tilted, and then, like, the next hand I flopped, like, uh, I think it was, like, top set, and he had, like, a straight, and then the hand after that I had middle set, and he had a straight, <laughs> and uh, uh. <laughs> both times I didn't catch up, and I was like, well, this was fun, you know, y'all have a good time, but, so, like, you know, the poker financially wasn't that good, most of the time, though, like, playing was really fun, I had a lot of fun playing, I, I played more than I my wife was like, I can't believe how much you're playing because normally I like crap out every four days. I'm like, all right, I'm done. And then, uh, you know, we went up to, uh, we went up to the mountains there, which are actually like really fresh and you can like buy elk burgers and crap like that. And that was really right. fun. Yeah. They, yeah, it was cool. And then one in saw Chevelle, I don't know if you know who they are. They were like, they were like a rock band that was really popular with like uh, affluent white people when I was uh, in high school, so I had to go check them out. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, it was a, and uh, I saw Penn and Teller. It wasn't as good as I thought it'd be, but you know, was, I went to see them when I was there. I, I thought they were decent. Yeah, thought, they were decent. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were kind of, I, you know, I don't know. Just because I do consulting and I can tell when someone's having an off day and forcing it, I kind of felt like. I was in one. Uh, yeah, but no, you know, they they were good. They were pros. You know what I mean? Maybe it's because I I love, I was really into like magic for a while, and I read a lot about different tricks, and like there were a lot of tricks. I was like, oh, I know how they do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, damn it! Like, I wish I never read that book. You know what I mean? <laughs> but there were a few tricks. I was like, oh, <laughs> like that was so sick. You know, it was fun. It was fun though. 
It was a it was a good trip all around, man. Thank you for asking. Yeah. No no problem. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought the goldfish one was good. I liked that. Yeah, one. man, that one was. I like that stuff because it's like art too. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, they kind of got on their political thing, like during the whole show. And I was like, yo, man, I brought my wife out here. You know what I mean? She doesn't. You know what I mean? She'll like. I mean, she likes. Pol- she'll talk politics and everything, right? But like, she doesn't understand Penn's accent. You know what I mean? And I yeah. thought like, I thought like, okay, he's gonna do his thing for like a minute or two. You know what I mean? But, like, it was the whole show, man. He was going off on different things. And I was like, hey, man, like, we didn't pay you to, like, I'm not at a fucking Dennis Miller show. Like, could you please move on? <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? And then, yeah, so it was, when they got to the magic, I really enjoyed it. But, and by the way, I agree with them on a lot of different things. I just, you know, when I pay for a magic show, I don't care what yeah, your political, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't care what your political affiliation is. But, yeah, anyhow, continuing. Yeah, well, we'll just get back. So I'll ask the first question. When you say, like, you drop 30K and, you know, we, we know your mindset and things like that with, you know, playing online and that, What what is the motivation to still go to the to Vegas every year? You know, for, is it purely the main event and, you know, you dreamt to play and that sort of thing and you got the chance to still play it, so you want to keep playing it? Or Oh, man, that's, a, that's one of the best questions. I, to be honest with you, I always kind of turn into a bit of an ass in uh, Las Vegas because uh, I don't get sick, but, like, no, I, I mean, look, roundabout way to go. Like, I don't know why I go out there. I uh, Every time I go out there, like, I don't get sick, like, nearly as much as other people, right? Like, I get sick maybe once a year and, like, only for a couple days. But, like, what happens to me is, like, when my body's, like, taking a beating, it's, I seem to get angrier. I don't know if, it, it, like, that's what gets me through it. I don't know, like, the adrenaline, like, pumps me through a lot of things. And then I start feeling better in a few days. And then, uh, and it was, like, the jet lag and the desert, and then it's, like, f- I'm freezing my ass off. I don't have air conditioning in my home in Costa Rica. It's just fresh out every day. Like, right now I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I mean, not a sweatshirt, but, yeah, like, sweats and stuff. And, uh, and you know, it's, like... It, you go from like Costa Rica where it's a moderate temperature every day, uh, clean air, organic food, you know, and like next, you know, next door to me is like this huge park where I can run around and all this stuff. And you go from that to like a hole in the desert, you go inside of a casino and it's like, Jesus, like Christ, I need like, you know, I need three hoodies to walk through this poker room. And then you go outside and you're sweating, you know, and you're, you're sweating so much your sunglasses are falling off. And everybody's yeah. trying to rip you off at, like, every step of the way, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, yeah, and it, there was a part of me, like, when we were coming home, I was like, I don't think I want to go next year. Like, straight up, I don't, I don't care about the main. Like, I, yeah. I don't care. Like, I just don't. I don't, you know what I mean? It's one of those things, like, uh, how do you not care about the main? You're a professional poker player. It's like, I, it's a tournament, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the chances of me winning it are still pretty minuscule compared, I think they're greater than most people, but... I, I don't know. I really like my house, and I really like – ever since I've been home, like, you know, like, uh, my wife probably wouldn't like me talking about this on the air, but, like, we don't have, like, heated arguments, but we had a lot of, like, you know, like, tense moments, you know what I mean, in yeah. Vegas. And, like, we do not fight, period, in Costa Rica a lot of the times, you know what I mean? Like, we have fights, but, like, it's not, like, normal, you know what I mean? It's like – in, like, when I'm here, it's like – 
there's nothing really to be stressed about. Everything's relaxed, you know what I mean? Everything is so chill. And I can play and I was playing cash yesterday. I was just one tabling five hundred NL because I'm trying to get better, right? I'm trying yeah. to get like I've gotten to the point where the money isn't as important. Not that I have a ton of it, but I do have like an income. By the way, if any of you are listening to the show, there was a one outer reference in the battle. Did you catch that? Yeah, I, yeah, I caught it. It, yeah. <laughs> it took me a second, like the the second time I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, but yeah, the, like apparently I sounded like a black chick when I saw it. But anyway, it was like, it, like, uh, oh crap! What was I going to say with that? Oh, I'm choking. Hold on, hold on. What were we talking about? What were we talking? Vegas, and uh, yeah. you were out there, and you're feeling sick. You were arguing more. Yeah, I was arguing more. Yeah, but there was something with the. With the show. Oh, yeah, if any of you are watching this because you saw the battle and you heard me claim $3 million, I do not have 2% of that, okay? That's all. It's like $3 million in earnings and like $2.8 million in expenses to enter all these tournaments and all that stuff. Not that bad, but you know what I mean? But, yeah, it's like, you, you know, it, I'm, I'm at the point I have an income stream from other things, and I want to uh, – uh, I wanted to, like, get better at poker, and I was just one-tabling 500 NL and, like, listening to music, and I was, like, I was not expecting to play many hands, and then at the end of, like, two hours or something, I was like, huh, I just played more hands in these two hours one-tabling Zoom than I could have played in 14 hours in Vegas, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was just like, wow, that's, you know, and, like, I could two-table if I wanted, and then it's like, and then it's like literally like three Vegas days for every two hours or something like that. And it's, you know, the variance is insane. I, I, to be honest with you, Barry, I have no idea why I go out there. I don't, I never come back from Vegas and go, that was awesome. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm always, like I go to like Florida and I go, man, that was a good time. You know what I mean? I'm really, I told myself I wasn't going to do this 10 million guaranteed in Florida, but I just love Florida, man. I love Miami. I even like L.A. A lot of people don't like L.A., but I like L.A. I don't, I don't know why. L.A. to me is, like, real. There's a lot of, like, real people. But, like, Las Vegas is, like, where all the swindlers in the country go and the temperature's crap and all the food is crap. It's like, yeah, yeah like, trying to get a healthy breakfast is impossible. When I'm trying to cook, it's impossible because the luxury condos I pay for next to the strip can't afford me a fucking plate and, uh, <laughs> plate, uh, plate and spork. Or something yeah. like that, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's kind of, uh, you know, you know. I'm grateful though. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. I got a feeling like when I played. I mean, when I went out there, the first time I enjoyed it. The second time I was out there for two. The first time I went, I was only there for a week, and mm-hmm. I had fun. I liked it. The second time I went for just over two weeks. I think it was like fifteen, sixteen days. And by like the tenth day, I sort of was like wanting to go home. It was just a bit. The vibe there, like tacky. I think if you go there and you don't think about stuff like that, you'll have a great time in Vegas. Yeah, I, I mean... But I think about stuff like when people are speaking and I'm like that. I see the fucking desperation, you know, in some people and uh, the the just lost causes of some of the gamblers. You know, you see it. It's got a... No, no amount of lights and fountains and stuff can hide that, you know? Like that true. sort of under... Uh, current or undertone sort of thing yeah um, and it's like man-made in the in the desert it's a bit like dubai which is like someplace i'd never go i mean it's got to be the tackiest place you know? it's like, 
this desert, oh, we've got this, it's like shops, you know, it's too hot to go on the beach, you burn your feet on the fucking sand, and yeah, yeah, but yeah. go and shop in Chanel and Armani and Louis Vuitton, I mean, it's just nonsense. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah. I don't know how to, like, go to Dubai on a holiday. And, like, and then if you have a poppy seed on your shirt, you might be in their prisons for two years. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, I won't be flying there anytime. Me- meanwhile, do you know where Dubai gets all their money in reality is from, like, it's from European mafia. Because yeah. their banking sector takes all comers, and they don't ask where you get your That's income. Right. So they're financing all the death and destruction and human trafficking in uh, Europe. But, you know, if you bring anything into their country, you know, they turn into the biggest fucking hypocrites on earth. It's like, it, that, that, that shit drives me nuts, you know what I mean? And this whole... Uh, I don't know, and I, yeah, I mean, sorry, we got on this topic of Dubai, but, like, every time I turn on CNN, it's like, Dubai, the new amazing city, I'm like, fuck Dubai, <laughs> fuck Dubai and what they do to Europe, like, seriously, who gives let's a shit? Never, let's hope you never have a stopover there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, no, I, I, I one time changed the flight because there was a stopover there, that, and at the time I was rolling joints on my laptop, and <laughs> I was like, you know, I can only clean this so good, you know yeah. what I mean, and I but it was like it was awkward as hell. They were like, "Why do you want to not go through Dubai?" It's like, "Let's not discuss this. Like, yeah. you know, let's move through. Let's move through uh, somewhere else." Okay, let's get on with the questions. We've got a few questions here. Um, it's been a little bit quiet uh, in the the oneouter.com mailbag. A lot of people being on holiday and stuff. And uh, so, if you're listening to this one and you want questions in for the next show. We had a, the last podcast, episode 18, was a major catch-up with lots of outstanding questions and stuff. We crammed quite a lot in that one. So if you want to get your questions in for the next show, and Alex will ask them on poker, on life, uh, on Dubai, anything, <laughs> um, then email questions at oneouter.com or tweet at oneouter.com. That's at O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. And we'll get right into the first question. It is from Darren. Hi, Alex. I'm becoming so bored of online poker. It's unreal. I'm thinking about taking a job and playing semi-professionally live instead, as I know I'll need to supplement my income because I won't get in the same amount of hands. There are some decent cash games locally and some nice live tournaments in the UK. Your thoughts and advice much appreciated. So, uh, this is a really hard... Uh, this is a really hard question to answer because diversification is I think it's really important in terms of being successful I've I've made a lot more money playing much less poker since I diversified and went into other fields but uh, you know Barry you've diversified into a bunch of different things and at some point you do need to focus on one or two in order to get things going you know so it's kind of uh, yeah, this is definitely something Barry and I understand. It's it, it, Actually, we talk about this a lot, like, off the air, and it's kind of, you know, how many hours in a day do you have? Uh, I think getting a real job is one of the most professional decisions you can make in regards to poker. I didn't have a uh, – I didn't quit and become a professional poker player until I had six months of expenses on the side of a bankroll that had, like, 300 buy-ins or something like that. And honestly, that probably still wasn't the right time because I had an awful attitude. Now, you're not really going to get the attitude unless you get into it, but at the same time, uh, you know, if you just kind of, uh, if you just kind of like, if you want to learn how to ski and you, you know, you just go to the top and then go straight down, you know, you might end up killing yourself. You might, you might want to work your way up 
it, it, at different times, you know what I mean? You don't want to be pussyfooting around at, on the bunny hill forever, you know what I mean? But you do have to – there's that balance, you know what I mean? I'm no, I, I feel like I'm giving a non-answer, but it's, I think it would be really good for you to get a job. I think you should take a break from poker because it sounds like you're really burned out from it. Uh, there's a lot of people that can't play poker professionally because, honestly, it gets really old for a lot of people. And uh, it, it, there's a lot of days, you know, like I play poker and I, I can't uh, – for like two hours I'm really into it, you know what I mean? But the only reason I'm really into it is I'm trying to inject more uh, – I'm trying to put more information into it. I get really excited when I see a spot in a different light than I've seen before. And uh, that's another thing. You have to come at it with an uh, – you have to come at it with an attitude of uh, selflessness. It doesn't say anything bad about you if you discover something you should have discovered like eight years ago. I found a spot yesterday while I was playing cash because uh, what, what I was doing is playing smaller sessions and trying to review more often and stuff like that. And uh, I found a spot, honestly, I should, have, I should have never messed up since like 2008. And I, I've been doing it a little more than I should be a little review of my holding manager did. And I know if I saw that when I was a kid, I would have been like, oh, my God, I'm terrible at poker. I feel terrible about myself. Now, today, I was like, oh, cool, you know, because I, I've done all right at poker. And, uh, you know, now this other thing will help me. And that, that's another thing I would recommend. A lot of guys, like, get burned out because, like, when I started educating Barry initially, I said, you know, load up those tables and start making money because I knew I could tell, like, Barry was a businessman. He had to start, like, seeing a profit. You know what I mean? Be, otherwise, he wasn't going to be – there was no chance he'd be getting into poker if he wasn't seeing the profit, seeing, like, what it could do. And then after that, it was up to him whether, you know, it was a decision whether the money was right enough to, like, continue the intense study that it came up with. But, like, if you're, like, just bored of poker, playing a lot of tables is not what's going to help you. I would really – I really advocate you play less tables, smaller sessions – and focus really hard on uh, trying to make uh, trying to make the best decisions. Not make the most money, but make the best decisions every time you play. And if you don't know if you made a good decision in one hand, that's a good feeling. Mark that hand for review and try to decode it. You know what I mean? I have set amounts of time I play. Uh, my set amount of time to play is a CD. Like, I'll listen to one album. It'll be like 30 minutes to like 80 minutes if it's like a... a like Pink Floyd or something, but uh, our tool. But it, at the end of that period of time, you know, you got to go over every hand you felt insecure about and uh, see if you can find a way to decode it. If you, watch, uh, if you watch my videos in countless different places, you can see me decode these places. I mean, if you, you check them out on Pocket Pipes Training, there's a lot of information on it. Some of my upcoming webinars is going to be all about how to study because that's a uh, – that, to me, is how you inject logic, as Jared Tendler would put it. That's how you inject more value into the session. That, that to me, is, like, what makes it more interesting after, like, 10 years. If you're just doing the same routine, well, of course, you know. It's like uh, playing pickup basketball every day and you don't learn anything new. It's just going to be the same game over and over. So you have to be putting something in. I really recommend you read Jared Tendler's books uh, also. Uh, I, I've done some work with him, and it's really helped me, like, improve my attitude and uh, he's done an interview on this podcast. He's done two of them, right, Barry? Yeah, I am. Um, I think I had him on at least twice. It might be three times. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you know, check those out. And uh, 
but getting a real job is good, and I'd also say get a hobby away from poker, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, why are you wasting your time with this, like, battle rap and stuff like that? Or, like, I like to write reviews of books on, like, goodreads.com because, like, I'm a total dork like that. And uh, it, it, I like, I mean, that kind of stuff, like, it takes my brain to a different place, you know what I mean? Or, like, working out really helps you as well. You can't just, I'm guessing, like, I don't know a lot about you, but it sounds like this is all you're doing, you know what I mean? And a lot of you, you know, a lot of people, like, they, they turn their life into, like, drinking, partying, and then uh, playing poker, like, five, six days a week. And uh, you can go to Malta, where everybody gets tax benefits to go there. And it's really nice, like, uh, I don't know if microchasm is the right word. It's a really nice, uh, it gives you a macro view of everybody, because you get to see, like, hundreds of poker players doing that same thing. And it's like 98% of them don't do that well. You know what I mean? And because, like, at some point you get fatigued, you're not really into poker, and then every year there's, like, a new crop of people in Malta, you know what I mean, trying to do that poker dream or whatever. Have other hobbies. Really make sure things are good with your family. Work out a lot. Like, working out is – they asked uh, – what's his name? Uh, Brian Cranston. That's not the name of the guy. Who's the Virgin Airlines guy? What's it? What's it? Richard Branson. Richard Branson, yeah, Brian Cranston, Richard Branson. Okay, I was close. And uh, he, uh, you know, they asked him, like, what's the only piece of – if you could only give one piece of advice to people in business, and you are in business when you play poker, what would it be? And he thought about it for a really long time, and he said, exercise. That was, that was his big advice. And, uh, you know, because exercising, I think, is a real natural way of getting your endorphin load, uh, a bit of an upswing. Uh, everybody in my family is clinically depressed, myself included. I don't even say that with any shame. That doesn't mean they're like, uh, that doesn't mean they're depressed people. It's just like, it's a condition, you know what I mean? And a lot of poker players are, where you're at is the depression kicking in. You get an endorphin rush when you start playing poker because it's this new game. You know, there's uh, read your money in your brain. It's, uh, there's amazing your brain when it's anticipating a financial reward and receiving a financial reward looks identical to someone who is using morphine and it is a rush no it's true man like and it's like it is a rush at the beginning you know what i mean and then eventually if you're a good poker player you're not going to get that rush anymore because you realize that rush is not really good for you or your brain's not really programmed for it because if you really got that rush a lot, you'd probably be gambling a lot and losing a lot. You know what I mean? So you don't get that rush when you win, but you really hurt when you lose because you pride yourself on your best play. And then you, uh, you know what I mean? This is not a recipe for like chemically getting you to the table every day. This is not, you're not getting your treat as it were. So it needs to almost become a form of meditation. It needs to be something you, you take pride in not playing the most poker are getting the most money. You are trying to play the best poker you can play. The best poker you can play. Focus on that. Control what you can control. Don't be saying, this guy is playing more than me. I should be playing as much as him. No, you play as much as you you can play. And if that means getting a job, that is the most responsible way you could do it. Good for you. And not the most profitable poker you can play because guess what? There's thousands of people who have out-earned me in poker and I don't think they're as good as me. And I do not begrudge them because that's how poker works. That's how I make any money as well is that, you know, my sister could make more money at poker in a week than I have made in my entire career. That's how I make all my money is that stuff can happen. 
So you are looking to play the best poker, not the most poker. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think that about sums it up. Yeah. No, good advice. And key things, balance, isn't it? And everything. Balance. You know, just, yeah. That's it. Balance. Uh, okay. The next question is, Alex, what is the biggest mistake you see people make or skill they lack when coming for a lesson with you, Ross? Uh, it, it's actually, uh, I, I don't mean to keep up in my projects, but uh, there's a, I have like two webinars I want to do just because it comes up so much. And uh, there's a part of me that wants to see like progression with my students, you know what I mean? Because I do get a little bit of a thrill out of like, like the number one player in Bulgaria right now is one of my students. And like it all happened right after we started coaching. You know, it, there's, a, there's a pride in me that really likes that. But in one of the thing, the two things uh, right now, I'll give you a strategy one and I'll give you like an overall thing, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. the, the strategy one right now is everybody flats too much and that's partially my fault. Uh, the new webinar, I've already written it and everything. I, I just need to shoot the video and everything and we're going to start sell, selling it. It's called You Flat Too Much and it's about all these people that, uh, you know, when I started doing training videos and I started teaching people like three, four years ago, uh, there was like unspoken rules like you do not call from the big blind. You do not raise fold from 14x, right? And uh-huh. if everybody have the, has these stacks that nobody's going to touch, you can flat a lot of opens and then you can just do a very small raise and everybody goes like, well, he can't do that without like aces. And it, it was kind of like Gus Hansen in 2004, you know what I mean? Except for this was 2010, 2011. And uh, everybody still wouldn't touch a chip in these parts. Now, you know, uh, I've kind of done my part to ruin that. I knew it was going to happen eventually. The Russians were already getting into it because Russians didn't really, uh, I mean, not, it, this isn't really putting it gingerly, but, uh, haha, ginger like you, but this isn't, really, <laughs> this isn't really putting it gingerly, but they can't speak English that well. So they learned, they made their own strategies and uh, away from what was the common knowledge. And in my opinion, you know, I was working with a couple of these guys at the beginning, and I was like, this guy is right. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't care he's been playing poker for a year and a half. He's right. You know what I mean? And we worked on a lot of, like, flatting and then, like, raising C-bets or floating once when a lot of people would have just folded pre-flop or on the flop. And now I think that's, already, that's come into the poker lexicon. I think that's come into, uh, you know, the big blind. And now it's okay to flat from the big blind. Now it's okay to raise fold from 9x not 9x, but like 12x or something like that. It's okay to do a lot of these things. So guess what? You can't do what you used to do three years ago. And what you used to do three years ago is flat a lot of like 9-7 suiteds and stuff like that and then try to do them. And uh, what I think people do is they don't, okay, like if you're going to flat from the big blind, don't do it because Z Justin just wrote an article about it saying it's good and he sounds really smart when he talks. And I don't mean that sarcastically. He sounds really intelligent when he talks. So when he says to do something, a lot of people do it. And there's a lot of guys like that. And they say, oh, yeah, you can flat from the big blind even with nine big blinds now. And then, well, you've got to take it a little further than that. How often is your, uh, how often is your hand hitting? And uh, if you're going to flat from a shorter stack, does this guy see that all the time? Does he never see that? If he sees that 33% of the time or lower – he's probably only going to see bet when he has a good portion of the board. If it's like 80% or higher when he see bets, he probably has nothing. So you need to be check jamming a lot of hands. Like 
let's say the board comes like 10-5-4 and you flatted with queen-jack, and the guy has a, the guy has an opening range of like 30%, and he c-bets 100% of his hands, you do not get to check-fold this hand. With a three to a straight and two overcards, you do not get to check-fold this hand. And if you are calling out of the big blinds, and then you check fold there. You're just giving money away. Guess what? You're back to 2006. Everybody's calling from the big blind and only continuing if they hit. You have not become a stronger player. You are following a trend erroneously. Erroneously. Uh, you are making mistakes. Okay? And uh, <laughs> one thing that's really helpful is if somebody doesn't have a four bet that's like higher than like 14%, uh, let's say their four bet is like 10% or lower. If it's 14% or lower, that's really good because typically when this person four bets, they have a hand, right? And now you need to be three betting this person just a little more in order to get, you know, because if you flat now, it's really likely like the big blind's going to flat you, the small blind's going to flat you, and guess what? Now you have to hit the flop. And you never want to be playing no limit hold'em hoping to hit the flop because uh, you're not going to hit it most of the time, okay? So... If this guy has a 4-bet of, like, 14%, that means he doesn't 4-bet that much. And if he doesn't fold that much to 3-bets, that means he just flats a lot. You need to be taking advantage of these people and 3-betting more. Uh, and you need to uh, – and now there's sometimes – and a lot of people I don't see utilizing the, these statistics. There's a lot of times, like, okay, you have, like, ace-queen off, right? Guy opens from middle position. You're on the cutoff. And uh, the guy's four bet is like 12% over a large sample. That's not that high. His fold to three bet is like 38%. That means he's flatting like 50% of the time, right? And uh, this is a really good guy to three bet because he's just going to call you a lot of the time. And uh, you're likely going to have the best hand. He's probably raised calling with ace deuce suited and all the higher suited aces, maybe even like king queen, queen jack. And furthermore, if you flat here, this is a hand that plays really well heads up and terrible like in a four or five way pot or three way pot or four way pot. It's just not good. If the big blind flats you, now you can't really do a post flop bluff because like do the numbers on Flopzilla. And if you don't know how to do the numbers, write me at assassinautocoaching at gmail.com. I'll show you how to do it. But, or check out something. We're all, there's going to be tons of crap coming out. But if you do the numbers, like you just pull out Flopzilla, you put in their flat, flatting range, and then you go, okay, he's continuing with this percentage of the hands, which means he's folding this percentage of the hands. So he's continuing with us. He's folding 60% of the hands. But if you multiply that by one other person's folding range, you often get that most of these guys are not – combined, they're both not folding more than like 25% of the time. So now you can't really bluff a lot of the time when you, ha when you miss the board. So you're left with hitting the board or folding on the flop, which is terrible because if you're having a bad run, guess what? You get to lose all the money. Now, if you three bet that guy, you get to get him heads up. But then there's this funny thing that happens. When he four bets, you have to fold. Because guess what? He, he is... Uh, He's four betting eights king, but if he four bets like 10% of his hands over a huge sample and he's really comfortable with flatting, there's almost no chance. If you think about that guy, that guy does not four bet ace jack. That guy maybe doesn't even four bet pocket tens. So you have to three bet fold ace queen for value. And there's a lot of guys on training videos. This already, you heard Barry do the, mm, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, okay, now I get it. But if you saw that on a training video, like a guy three bet full days queen, you'd be right. A lot of guys would be writing to the people at the training video site, like going, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Why is this guy on your payroll? 
You've turned... But it's player dependent. Like that exactly. guy's stats would dictate that. Exactly, right? It's player dependent, not overall theory dependent. But yeah. if I showed this to a lot of 2 plus 2 kids, like there was a while I was posting a lot of hands on my Facebook that I just thought were funny because like, if you didn't know what I was thinking, it looked like it was the worst player uh, in the world who was playing 500 NL. And there were a few people that told me that. But if I showed a hand history where I 3 that folded ace-queen, I would get so many like, durr, you turned your ace-queen into a bluff, durr, you know. Yeah. And it's like uh, you need to, you know, it does become more player-dependent. I just gave away a lot of stuff I shouldn't give away. Look out for that. Write me at assassinato coaching, <laughs> assassinato coaching at gmail.com. And uh, when a lot of free articles come out about this stuff, and then I have a lot of webinars you can pick up, and uh, we're going to talk about that. And the second thing that's overall, I just did a lecture on this yesterday with the POKAR people, uh, is not knowing how to study. Uh, not knowing how to study is something that, it, it's weird to me how much stuff we talk about in school that is not of any value. If there is, did you ever take a class where like a teacher went, here's how you're going to study? Did that ever come up? There was something like, when I was at uni, they, they tried something like that, like one little, like studying research type skill thing that was just a joke. <laughs> yeah, know? right? It's always a, we had one teacher address it and like the teachers got mad. They were like, you should be talking about language arts or something. I'm like, yes, what is going to get all of us a job in the new millennium is language arts. Thank you so much. But uh, it was, uh, and this is coming from a writer, somebody who greatly enjoys language arts. Like, if there could be a more pretentious name for that subject, I could not think of it. But, uh, yeah, it was like, what, when you ha take a lesson, there's going to be a ton of crap flying around. You know what I mean? And you're trying to catch it out of the ether, you know what I mean, before it flies away from you again. They do all these tests. They have a, a lot of people were trying to figure out why uh, Tony Robbins, Sorry, I snapped because I was trying to remember the guy's name. I was going to say Tony Roma, which is a steakhouse chain in the States. But uh, it was uh, they were trying to figure out, like, why Tony Robbins was so much more successful with his people and why he could command, like, 20K a venue or whatever it was back. And they found out, uh, well, he finally, like, revealed eventually. It was like, I just did research. And I found out if you just tell people something, uh, they remember about 20% of what you tell them. If you have them, if you have them take notes, they uh, uh, they remember about fifty percent of what you told them. If you ask them questions during the thing and have them take notes, they remember about eighty percent of what you told them. And if you have them have to explain the concept to a group of their peers afterward, it goes up to like ninety ninety five percent. So he just modeled that, and then I stole it for my lesson. And, uh, it, but uh, I can't make people take notes, you know what I mean? I cannot yeah. sit, make you there take notes. Now, if you want to, like, with every one of my lessons, you get a free video, unless you were my Latvian student on Monday where the audio didn't work. But <laughs> every, you always get a video. If you want to just watch and, and, like, enjoy the moment, and, you know what I mean, and, like, try to get as many questions as you can answered, and, like, try to listen and get, like, a surface feel for it. That's good. But you need to watch that video after that I send to you. I don't do that for my health. You know what I mean? And uh, you need to take notes on it. There were hour-long videos on Deuce's Crack that I watched in, like, 2007 where it was, like, an hour-long video, but I literally probably spent, like, 
seven hours with it. And uh, you need to uh, you need to write down uh, you you need to write down like random notes. But when you're done, that's not it because now you have all this random crap, and it's like, okay, how am I going to convert this into money? You know what I mean? And uh, you need to take those notes, and you got to start making rules. So like. Sometimes I will decode a hand that was like really complicated, right? And it it'll be like, could we cold four bet here, right? And on the video you'll have the whole process of how to do it, and then it'll come out to it was barely a profitable four bet, but you probably shouldn't have done it. And a lot of people just let it go after that. They never try a cold four bet again. They don't what you need to do is make a rule out of that. It's like, hey, when the guy's opening range is X and the person's three betting range is Y, I have an ace blocker, and there's one person act behind me is only playing 5% of the hands, then I can do a cold four bet. This is the bare minimum, right? You turn that into a rule, you put that by your computer, and you read it. You read it every day. You print stuff out, and you read it every day. This is why I tell people I'm pretty average when it comes to intelligence, because I would not have to check my notes 30 times if I was really that important. But if I'm checking my notes and you don't even have notes, I'm going to beat you, okay? And then you have this rule, but then you also need to make sure you're applying it. So you need to make homework assignments for yourself. I'm going to try every time I – I'm going to try five cold four bets this month, right? And – Every time I'm going to mark it, and then I'm going to try to analyze it with Flopzilla afterward and see if it was right or not. And then, and then when you do that, you got to go back to the video and like go, okay, this is how you do it. Or if you really, if you want to be the Peruvian kid, I learned how to operate Flopzilla from. He's hardcore, you know what I mean. He didn't want to spend the money on that. He's a self-made man, you know what I mean. He, the kid's one of my heroes. He went and he read the entire. Uh, godforsaken 30-page manual on Flopzilla, and he knew how to operate it more than anybody. And that's how he's now, I think he's one of the wealthiest poker players from Peru. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, it's hard work putting the time in, but also focus. It's not just the hours you put in, it's what you put in the hours. And yeah, that's going to be another lecture, how to study. Because a lot of guys just don't know how to study, and I think we'd have a lot more successful poker players. Maybe I shouldn't put that out, but uh, we'd have, a lot of my guys would be a that was the thing about Nazo 114. I've never seen a kid with study ethic like him. Like, he would study, he would write notes, he would write overarching concepts, and then he would make assignments and he'd do them every day. And every time he showed up for a lesson with me, he was like, here's the agenda. And he was ready. Don't just show up there and not be ready. You know what I mean? Take notes down. I do this too. When I meet with Jared Tendler, I write out like a couple pages of stuff I need to talk about with him. I write him like a letter, you know, I try to condense it so I don't waste his time. And then, you know, when we get to the lesson, he's like, he knows exactly what I need to be doing. And we get moving on. Yeah. So flat less on study. Yeah, that's exactly. It. That's it. You, you broke down the concepts. Just yeah. put that up in your wall. Flat less. And, the new, and write me at assassinautocoaching at gmail.com. You'll receive all the new details. Uh, you'll get all the new articles. In fact, if you write me today, uh, there's a new article coming out. Uh, there's a, actually, if you write me today, I'll send you an article that just came out. And there's, uh, there's new articles coming out all the time. There's new podcasts with free information. I give you like 90% of the stuff I give you is free. And then I rely on your guys' patronage. I rely on your guys' generosity. 
for paying for the other stuff, like the webinars and stuff, and enough of you guys pay for that that I can offer so much of that stuff for free. But if you write assassinautocoaching on gmail.com, we'll put you on a mailing list. I used to have an official mailing list, but they kicked me off because I was gambling-related. So you have to write my actual email. Cool. Uh, okay, the next question, I'm going to leave this one for last. This is a good way to end it on. So we'll go for this one is the second-last one instead. Okay. Uh, I- Alex, I play my first Sunday Million this Sunday, and I'm really excited. I know it's just another tournament and uh, pretty much that, but any tips for me on how at least to min-cash, lol, from <laughs> Neil? <laughs> well, congratulations on playing your first Sunday Million. Uh, you're probably not going to win this one. Uh, you're probably at a serious disadvantage because you're looking at a min-cash, and you're probably not going to min-cash. Have a nice day. No, no, but uh, no. I mean, you could go in there and play a normal game. It's just a game, you know what I mean? Have fun with it, you know what I mean? It, I made a lot more money at poker when I was playing it for fun. And you know what, man, the money, you know, the money's cool and everything, but just remember, you're going to be the same person if you make, even if you somehow win this thing, you're going to be the same person, you know what I mean? If you can't talk to a pretty girl right now, you're not going to be able to talk to her with 200000 in the bank. And... Uh, you know what I mean? So it's just money. You know, I, I know that that's really easy for me to say, but like, you need to start focusing on that line of thinking. You know, it's just a game. It's just money. You know what I mean? This doesn't define you as a person. If you min cash, you're not going to get some badge in the mail from Poker Stars that you can wear to your 7-Eleven that says I cash this. I, I cash the Sunday Million. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. We should we should start making that. <laughs> we I should, the Sunday Million. Just yeah. little badges, right? And all I, yeah, like those things, like those t-shirts, you know, I cashed the Sunday Million and all I got was this fucking badge or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Dude, at Penn and Teller, they had these little metal plates that said, uh, it had the Fourth Amendment on them that said, uh, it is illegal to do these types of search and seizures and they were selling them at Penn and Teller. So when you went through a security uh, <laughs> kiosk, they would go, oh, there's something on me. Hold on. Okay, here, you hold it. And then uh, <laughs> you'd hand it over. I thought that was genius, man. Yeah, that's quite good. That, that, was, yeah. that was good. But yeah. Although if you get the wrong guy, you could be like backroom for like hours. <laughs> yeah, <that>. anal, <laughs> anal search. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I thought, of, man, TSA. Okay, not getting started on that. Otherwise, this will be a three-hour show. But uh, yeah. there's a... Uh, you know, I mean, just go in there and have a good time. You know what I mean? Play the poker you want to play. You know, and uh, every hand, you know, just treat each hand individually and pretend the money is gone. I mean, this is something, actually, Faraz Jock and I were just talking about this recently. And uh, he was saying, like, I made a joke, right? I was like, man, it's really fun doing WSOP record keeping, right? Like, after I, like, tanked 25K or whatever it was. And he was like, you know, he, he was saying, like, to me, it was like, the, the way I do it is I just write the money off, and if I make anything, it's a bonus, you know what I mean? If you cannot bust this Sunday million and feel the exact same about yourself, unregister right now. It's too, it's too big, you know what I mean? And I want you to play the Sunday million. I want you to have fun. I think poker's a fantastic game. I think it's I, – I love get, hearing this stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I'm so excited to play my first Sunday mail, and that's the stuff that I really – it sounds cheesy, but I live for. I love hearing that stuff because it really makes me motivated to keep playing and stuff. But, if man, if it's too high for you, the most professional thing you can do is not play that. The first time I played the 100 rebuy, I was not like – well, I'll tell you the truth. I, like, misclick reg for it on full tilt. I thought it was a 100 freeze out. 
and I was crapping myself the entire time. And I got to the final nine, and Team A420 took me out because I was playing terrible. And uh, it felt like worse than you could ever imagine, you know what I mean? Because I just wasn't prepared. I didn't know what I was doing, and I knew, knew I was the fish, you know what I mean? And you don't want to feel like that. But pretend the money's gone, and if you think you can do that, just play the game you want to play. And uh, you're probably not going to cash, just so you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it, 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 that's how it goes, you know what I mean? And if you get close to cashing, you know, I mean, don't play nuts, but don't, like, knit it up either, you know what I mean? Because you're going to, you know, a deep run in the Sunny Million in the money is worth a lot more than a, a piss-poor min-cash. Yes, definitely. Okay, last question is from Christian. Uh, what do you see yourself doing in five years? Still grinding in lessons, or do you have any other goals, ambitions, poker or not? Man, that's a question. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, right now, I'm trying that's to... That's why I left it. That's yeah. why I left it. <laughs> yeah, man. You're a good host, Barry. You're a good host. It's like, uh, uh, right now, I'm, uh, I'm working with... I, I always... Adam Carolla has a joke that when you ask people how they're doing in life, if they start with right now... It's like pretty bad, you know. Like right now, you know, I'm in a one band, one bedroom apartment, and I'm studying <laughs> studying massage therapy. <laughs> but, uh, it's uh, no, I mean, I, I uh, one of the five years is kind of looking out. This year, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to try battle rap because I always like since I was a kid, I've like I've written lyrics and stuff, and I was like I tried to front for metal bands, but they were kind of. Uh, you know, I was really into, like, the noise core and stuff, like, really noisy stuff. And they were like, you know, man, we want to play, like, Metallica. I'm like, yo, man, I don't got that voice. You know, but you know what I mean? I was always, like, penciling things in. And, like, after, you know, there's an American football league here, you know, and they were really trying to get me to come out because, like, I'm, you know, I'm an American. And I actually have, like, a decade plus of experience playing some of these positions and stuff. And, like, I couldn't go out because I was like, yo, if I get a concussion, I can't think that's it. You know what I mean? My wife's yeah. fending for us. You know what I mean? I've already had a couple, like, concussions, you know. So it's like, uh, and, uh, you know what I mean? I really wanted to get into some form of competition. I was like, you know, there's very few places where, like, a fruity writer can compete. But, you know, like, poker and, uh, it, I mean, like, not poker, but, uh, like, battle rap is one of them. And I wanted to, like, you know, just try it so... That was, like, a goal this year. I thought I'd, like, be doing a tryout or something. But, you know, you, always, you should always swing for the fences, you know what I mean? So I was, like, you know, I just I threw out a, you know, you know they asked me at Bluff Magazine, would you battle the source? I was, like, yeah, but he, he's not going to want to do that, you know what I mean? And then, I, you know, I threw it out there. I was, like, Soros, we battling? He was, like, you know we're battling. He was, like, all right, you know? And uh, took it like that. The next thing I wanted to do is, like, get a real – like book published and uh that's probably going to happen on a very minor scale uh the first time because obviously i can't uh you know nobody's going to publish like something random from me you know what i mean it's going to have to be poker related but yeah i'm in talks with uh, a publisher right now and uh it looks like it's going to be a compilation of like everything i've ever written about poker like uh in different magazines and there's a lot you know it's there's a lot of stuff out there. It's like card player, card player, Europe, bluff, bluff, Europe. Uh, I think I did something for like a poker pro magazine or something, WPT magazine, pocket fives. And, uh, you know, trying to get all these like interviews over the years and stuff and trying to get, 
you know, all the different, you know, and try to like set the tone with all the different places I was in, like with Malta and South Korea and stuff like that and have notes about all that. And then, you know, hopefully having like, you know, it's a catalog of like stuff that was written like uh, eight years ago and stuff that's written today. And uh, also like with my observations throughout, you know, like what changed, what was, it's funny because there's like articles I got like crucified for in 2007 that I'm reading right now and they're so tame and they're so like normal, you know what I mean? They're so like, you would have read like a hundred different articles like this by now, you know what I mean? But back then, like poker was so macho and American, it was so different. It's like, and you know, I'm really trying to put something together that would be like a serious, uh, a serious uh, collection of that, a serious look at that. And uh, I'm hoping to do that next month. We're trying to hash out the money, you know, like how that's going to work out. And then, yeah, so it's like get a book published. And then, uh, you, you know, it was a try and battle rap. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do, do like the W Coop stuff and like record all of it. But for five years, that's like a, I don't know. I, I want to write. I, I really like writing. Like uh, my joy and like I really love like drinking coffee and writing and reading. That's like. That's way more fun to me a lot of times than playing poker. I love playing poker too and like listening to like old records and crap because I mean this is I mean it occurred to me the other day like when I started playing poker I was like I was like fronting for metal bands and stuff like that and uh, you know like the first thing I got with my poker money was just albums you know what I mean just album after album after album and you know what I mean like wasting all my poker money and they were like hey you could play a bigger game you know if you saved up some of that money it was like you know fuck that the new In Flames album's out you know what I mean I gotta, I gotta pick that up and it's like the fact I get to like listen to music and like create art and like play poker which I really enjoy you know that's you know that, it, that's a real blessing from God you know and it's like I, I'm really grateful for that and I feel like I don't, I don't feel like I'm a poker player, essentially. I feel like uh, I, c- I can communicate, like God has helped me communicate with people a little better. And I don't really think it's me. I feel like I'm, vocal- I, I'm, I'm a little better at putting to words what a lot of people are feeling, but they just can't say. And, you know, I want to keep exploring that. And I want to, you know, I want to I write books. And that's really the big thing. I, wanna, I really want to get into self-publishing because I don't... Uh, I want to do the publishing with a traditional, uh, I want to do a traditional publisher publishing deal to like have that in my portfolio to start. And then I can always say I did self publishing because I wanted to, not because I had to, you know what I mean? (laughs) And then uh, I, I've thought about this a little too much, but yeah, you know, well, and like, nobody's going to write, read my, like, I want to write about, I'm writing this like poker serial right now and I'm having the time of my life. Right. But it's like, Every poker book I've ever read, every rounders book, I was like, man, you feel like you're on the Odyssey. Like, you feel like you're coming up in poker in 2006 felt like an Odyssey, you know what I mean? And it was weird. You had, like, a lot of different places, you know, when we're playing at the back of, like, uh, we're playing at the back of sex shops, you know, people run off with the money in the middle of the game and stuff like that. Guns on the table with drug dealers and stuff like that. When online poker came in the first time, the money getting seized by the Department of Justice and stuff like that. And then all the drugs around and people are dealing drugs. And it's like, I've never read a book about that. You know what I mean? And it would be like, and it, I really wanted to write something like that. So I'm hoping to like, you know, I want to write something in that vein, but I'd also like to write books that don't have anything to do with poker. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get my, 
my wife is the most like talented singer I've ever met, you know, and she's got, uh, you know, she's been working really hard on getting her physical therapy practice. Like she is a doctor in this country. Like, you know, when she wasn't studying opera, she has like, uh, she has a degree in like studying opera and like she could go study in like Germany or Italy if she wanted to. And, uh, do the master's classes or whatnot. She, she has had, you know, opportunities to do that, but instead she got her license in like, you know, the top tier, like master's physical therapy. And, uh, she opened a clinic here, you know what I mean? And she, uh, she's done a lot of work on that. And now I'm trying to get her into, you know, like doing some of her music because she writes a lot of songs and I hear it and the stuff is crazy. You know, her and her friends like play it. And it's uh, it's crazy, you know. I'd really like to help her market her stuff and hopefully keep this clinic going and stuff like that and still have fun with you all, you know what I mean? Keep doing – I mean, this is fun. I love talking about – like, Barry and I, sometimes we talk for like an hour after the show, before the show, you know what I mean? The fact, you know, him and I get to, like, do a radio show feels – you know, like, it's amazing, like, to hang out with your friends and make money, and I feel like – with poker, a lot of you guys are my friends, you know. I mean, there's certain ones of you, you know, like I could do without. Not going to not gonna lie, I'm joking, I'm joking. But, like, no, I mean, it's like, you know, poker's real fun, you know what I mean? I, I don't want it to be the focus of my life, but, like, kind of going into that and doing a lot of stuff with charity. It's, uh, I, I've been starting to do, like, I don't like telling people about it. Uh, hey, what, what is it in the Bible? Don't let the right hand know what the left hand does. I don't remember what it is, but don't let the right hand know what the left hand do if, if you're going to do the old King James version, right? But it's like, you know, I, uh, it, I've been really, like, I mean, you get a high off of, like, helping people. Like, I'm not telling people, like, it's for them. Like, it's like, no, 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 this is for me, man. You know what I mean? It's been really fun, like, helping out, you know, like, different, like, education trusts and stuff like that. And it's like, it honestly motivates me to get to work every day because, you know, you get to talk to the people you're helping and stuff like that, and that's really fun. And, uh, yeah, you know, just like kind of moving into that and paying off this house. I want to pay off this house because that's like my only major expenditure that is left. There you go. That's it. That's the ball. What do you want to be doing in five years, Barry? Uh, was it like ch- chilling on a beach earning 20%? Yeah. <laughs> that's like what Hans Gruber says in Die Hard or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. By the time the dust settles, we're on a beach earning 20% left. No, I'm I'm happy what I'm doing. You know, now it's like uh, I like the process, and uh, uh, you know, I I'm more involved in sort of business side of things and the antiques and things like that. Now, you know, trying to find uh, treasure for pennies. Um, it's good fun. You know, all that and just I work for myself. That's it. You know, I like the whole thing. The journey is the destination. That's the way I feel now. Like just to be working for myself and uh, do what I want not have to ask anyone for a holiday, um, not have to say when do I stop, you know, working, etc. I can just set my own schedule. And when I am working, although sometimes I do like, you know, 14 hours a day, 15 hours a day, or more on stuff, it seems sometimes, it doesn't feel like work. You know, it's uh, it's enjoy- it's enjoyment. So that that's all you can hope for. I mean, I know guys that are in jobs that they hate and just thankful every day I don't have to do that, you know. Touch wood, touch wood. Touch wood, yeah, man. It's like knock, knock on wood. I gotta, I gotta do the American version. But it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what you said there. The journey is the destination. I just, yeah, I just like grinding each day. It's like, I, I really like meeting the people and stuff. It's really, 
I mean, it's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it starts off, like you say, like if you use poker as an example, if you start from zero, you've not came from money or whatever, like the first time you got, you can't imagine, you know, if you're starting with $50, once you get a $1,000 bankroll, you think, oh, you know, I'm going to be... And then, once you get that, once you get to like 5000 you think 5000 is like, Jesus, you know, wow, you know, that... There's no way I can go broke now. If <laughs> and then, but then you think everything like, oh, I just need ten thousand. But once you got the ten thousand, your life's the same. You still got to occupy yourself. You still got to be happy within yourself. You still got to find things to do that's not poker. You know, you can't just sit and play poker fucking every day for the rest of your life. So I mean, it's like, I think uh, I, I can't remember the quote, but it's. Uh, some philosopher or someone says, you know, uh, Darwin takes its toll on poker players because, the, <laughs> the, you know, the most, uh, the, 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 the sort of worst players get, like, eaten up by the slightly better players and the better players get slightly, you know, massacred by the fucking higher up players. But it says it takes its toll on the absolute best players because they have to spend their life, it consumes them, and they're always at a poker table sort of thing. And uh, they don't really get a balanced life and get to see, you know, it's like a sort of waste, you know, if you want. Sure. If that's all you're going to do. And like, I remember on an interview I did with Barry Greenstein, he was speaking about that, like how important it is to like do non-poker stuff if this is what you're doing for a living. It just, it can't be emphasised, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at guys like, you look at Negrano, like arguably... You know, Ivy to one side, Negrano, one of the most successful Hold'em tournament player, one of the most successful poker players in terms of brand and everything. I don't care what anybody says. Daniel has like fucking demons, you know, oh, like any. Oh yeah, homie. And 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 issues and stuff, and like this choice center thing, what he's searching for there, or just like tweets, and he gets himself involved sometimes in back and forth on Twitter with. Like, minor issues. He's, I can tell he loves the game, but fucking hell, if I had $5 million, I'd, I wouldn't be bitching about some ruling by some tournament director or one, you know, some one card off the top, all this shit, you know. All these people get obsessed about, like, little, little niggly things. And, like, Negrano for all his money and wealth and, like, poker fame. But that's the thing. They've only got poker fame. I think that's what gets them. Yeah, yeah. Um, They've got this fame and this small, like, on the face of the earth, it is nothing it's compared nothing. to, like, you know, the six billion. They're not Brad Pitt. They're not, um, <laughs> you know, they're not an Oscar. They're not universally known. And five, and five I, million, man, is like pennies compared yeah, to the rest of the you know, world, you know? Well, that's it. You know, there's billionaires now. You know, there's no poker billionaire, you know? So, it's like, uh, you know, Andy Beal, I suppose. I think he's a billionaire. Maybe Bobby Baldwin now as well. Well, like, yeah, uh, not from poker. Business dealers and stuff, and it's not from poker. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, like, like, I just don't know. It's like, I think, like, Doyle Brunson, he seems to be, you know, happy. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> and he's played it all his life and that, but yeah. you can tell he's sort of, like, out on his ranch or whatever, and he spends time with his dogs and chills and but yeah, guys like Negrano and that, I look at them and I go, if that is the, the peak sort of poker stars, <laughs> yeah. poker stars sponsored and shit, I mean, like, the guys, you know, I don't know, I mean, there's something, like, yeah, oh, he, like, hang-ups or something. Negrano's one of those people who was like, I respect way too much to say what I would really think, you know yeah. what I mean? But, like, 
and I don't really think anything negative about him, but I, I think like, uh, I, I, how would you put this? I mean, he's probably so good because it comes from a place of pain, you know what I mean? Like he's probably, and I, I don't think there's a better tournament player on earth. Like as somebody who, live tournament, I, I, I think he could be amazing at online, I just don't think he cares. You know what I mean? Just as somebody who studies poker every day, yeah. you reach an end at most people's knowledge, you know what I mean? You reach an end, you, there are days you go, and like, not that I could ever be like Durr's level, or something, but like, there was a day I remember watching like somebody turned on high stakes poker, and like I never watched poker on TV, and uh, I was watching like Durr like plays that used to confound me that like Durr does, you know what I mean? I was like, I know exactly what this dude's doing. Like I mean, like yeah. I've done the math. I know what he's doing. He's doing it in a very artful, well placed way that I could never do, but I understand it. Negreanu's not one of those people. He's sub like he's sublime. He's so good as far as like understanding like how people are thinking or something like that but yeah it comes from like a deep place of pain and it's like i don't get i would never want to be phil ivy i would never want to be negrano i would never like and a lot of people do not believe me when i say that but like i don't think ivy sees anything but like the next spot you know yeah. what i mean like nothing like when me and my friends were in bahamas like my my wife made friends with a singer there and she was like hey you know she was like hey you guys want to see what the bahamas really is about right and we went to this like you know, like, we went to, like, uh, we were in the hood, right? And we went to, like, an old bohemian, like, uh, like, uh, uh, like it was, I, I don't know, I didn't understand a word anybody said, but it was all English, and it was all, like, it was, like, ragtime music and, like, a lot of, like, you know, stuff from, like, the 50s and stuff like that, right? And they were, like, you know, and they were jonesing and making fun of us and stuff, like, and it was a lot of fun, right? And it was, like... You know, and I was thinking, like, I don't think any of my heroes would come out here. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, man, there's a cash game tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's yeah. a, you know, there's another tournament tomorrow or something like that. You know what I mean? They got to come. And I, I was just thinking, like, you know, like, we met all these people. We had all this good time. And they were, like, more nice to us than I could have ever believed. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I, there was about 20 different jokes about me being white and my penis being small. But other than that, you know, it was they were really cool, right? But it was uh, – and I was just thinking, like, you know, like, when I was a kid, like, the way I loved poker when I was a kid, I would have never seen this. I went to Macau, and I was, like, hell-bent on, like, trying to make money in Macau, right, because I'd always heard about – how much money there was in Macau and all that. And then, like, when I left, like, it was one of the, like, deepest feelings of sadness because I didn't go see Hong Kong. You know what I mean? And, like, it was literally across the water. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, like, all these things. Like, I went to, uh, you know, I've been to, what's a good example? Like, I've been to France, I can't tell you how many times, and I haven't, I haven't been to the Louvre. I haven't been to a lot, a lot of different things there. You know what I mean? I tried to, like, make up everything and like see Paris like a few years ago but there's still like you know on the way to Deauville I could have like seen like castles and stuff like that and like you know when I really try it and there's a lot of times like uh I feel like I should be seeing poker players at a lot of these things I end up going to you know what I mean because I'm like oh this is the one landmark here you know what I mean and of course like for one event I would understand if I didn't see them you know what I mean but now it's going on, like, all these years, and it's, like, seven, eight years or something like that. And every time I go one of these landmarks, I never see a poker player. 
And I know like hundreds, if not thousands of poker players, you know what I mean? And we're all in the same city for the same number of days, and we probably have the same days off, you know what I mean? Most of us bust the tournament at the same time, and I don't see them at the Eiffel Tower. I don't see them at, well, that was, I mean, not the Eiffel Tower. What's a good example? But it's like in Monte Carlo, like across the street was like one of the famous uh, Monica, uh, I don't know, Monacoan, like the, it was a famous castle of Monaco, right? And, like, yeah. you know, there's no poker player. And it's, like, in uh, San Remo, Italy, there's a bunch of landmarks. I, like, didn't see any of them. Like, it's just, I never see any of them. And it's, like, this is not the ultimate. I think the cool thing about One Outer, like, to wrap this all up, is I do think we're, like, connecting and working with people that want poker to be a part of their life, but not their life. That, yeah. that to me, is the important thing. Poker is a part of your life. You know what I mean? It used to be a larger part. Now it's a smaller part. And because, honestly, I think you're in a better business. You know what I mean? And uh, I, poker is not a huge – playing poker is not a huge part of my life. And that's why I enjoy it so much. That's how I can dump 25K in Las Vegas and tell you, honestly, I had a good time. I had a really good time. It was really fun because yeah. I'm not doing this every day. It's not the be-all, end-all in my life. It's not going to make me if I win a WPT. And that's the funny irony of it. It's like – if you're nothing without it, you're never going to be nothing. You're never going to feel like anything with it, like ever. But, uh, ever. I, think, I think the good thing is, like, another, like, angle on that is I did a podcast with uh, Sheets, and he said it's so important to take money off the table. Otherwise, you're just, like, playing against yourself for life yeah. sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like take money off your t- the table for, you know, a house or a, a treat yourself and your girlfriend to, like, a holiday or something nice you've been looking for. It doesn't have to be expensive, but take money off the table sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, I would actually extend that. I would say, like, take yourself off the table as well. You know what I mean? Like you're saying, uh, it should just be part of your life. And for uh, certainly for guys that are playing just uh, recreationally, don't beat yourself up when you go and play live and some little idiot with, like, beats headphones on thinks he's fucking Phil Ivy because, you know, like, the amount of people I've seen them... I think people genuinely buy those headphones because they think it will make them a better poker player or something. Yeah, you, you, know? you, caught, like, you caught my line and uh, t- tell me, I can't believe I didn't get to perform that line in front of 50 po- poker players, but you heard my Beats headphone line, right? In the, yeah, the battle. Yeah. I, yeah, I was like, I was so gassed up on that line. Like, what color hoodie in Beats headphones best represents my personality and I didn't get to perform. Yeah. But th- yeah, that's really what it is. That re- yeah. I think you're right, man. It's like Mike Carroll said, if you never take money off the table, you're just playing a tournament against yourself. That's it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, take yourself. The other thing, like before we wrap this up, sorry, I know we're going. I like talking this much, but uh, there was the writer of the four-hour work week. He talked about how you should have many retirements, right? And he made the point. It's like, why would you wait till you're 60 years old to take time off to do something you love? When you're 60, you're, you know, Let's be honest, most of us don't have the physical and mental acumen that we once had when we're 60 years old, right? And chances are, if you get to have a very lucrative retirement, you're probably pretty beat up by that age, you know, because you've been working so much. So he advocates, you know, like taking months off here and there to do things you want and, you know, saving up for it. He even has this whole... I think this guy's like one of the, I don't agree with a lot of stuff he says, but I think like the way he tries to enable people is so cool. I think in like, I have no problem giving him business, but like on his website, he has a thing like 
it's this whole like uh, way you can plan out like months to do stuff you like. And when I the few poker players I've had who do that, like you know, one one uh, was like I always wanted to speak German, you know what I mean? And he's like, uh, but I, I've just never had the time, you know. I'm always like playing poker. I'm always you know, and I, I'm like, well, why don't you just take a month to just learn German, you know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be at a breakneck pace, you know what I mean? But you're just not allowed to be on, you know, and I even took it further. It's like, you know, tell people on Facebook and Twitter and all that you're not going to be on that and all that stuff. And then, you know, like take a take a break, you know what I mean? And, like, a lot of people who have done that, you know, they come back after the month. They're like, I've learned something I've always wanted to learn. I had a ton of fun, and poker's really fun again. You know what I mean? Like I've oh, I've had a lot of fun, and it's like now obviously if you're really in the business side, you don't get to take months off. But you know you can uh, you can build in like weeks. Like uh, uh, you know my wife and I try to build in like three days every like three weeks or something where we go do something else, something where I I'm not on the phone or something like that. Or you know what I mean? Like right now I'm trying to build in like I'm going to be doing a book next month, hopefully, as opposed to just coaching, 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 coaching. You know what I mean? and trying to do the different things you like. If you can fit it somehow within your career, then it's really, it's really fun. Okay. I think, I guess we've beaten this to a, yeah. to a pulp, to a yeah. pulp. It's good weather. And on that note, I'm away outside. The, the, <laughs> it's like 24 here in Scotland, Dundee, Scotland, which is scorching for Scotland. I was yeah. just about <laughs> to say. Like, yeah, today's good. We've had like a mini heat wave. Uh, it's supposed to be really crap at the weekend again. So, I'm gonna go outside and get the get the last of it fresh air and wander around the park and uh, not not poker related. Good, smart man. Yeah, not like I play much at all now. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm fuck I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, I get, nah, I get like it's good. I'm actually I'm actually getting a little bit of uh, pang to like play uh, live again. So. There's a live game coming up locally um, that's quite decent, and uh, I might go and play that, you know? Yeah, I might, go, I might go play for that. that. Yeah, you'll, uh, you'll, within 40 minutes, you'll remember why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember why. It's so why negative, it's, uh, man. It's so actually, negative. you know what? I might not. I might not. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you have fun, man. You just go, go talk to the people. Have fun with the people, you know? Oh, no. Fuck. Yeah, I like some of them. I miss some of them from playing live, but some of them, oh god. I can guarantee you if I went back I would there's a few people I could tell you like he'll still say he's running bad, you know, and that was like two and a half years ago. He's still gonna be you'll never believe I got like aces cracked against the oh, just like please. No, you know? I have a reputation in uh well, I mean, like with everybody, I have a reputation of being an asshole, which I don't. I don't think it's fair. Most assholes don't do free shows where they answer people's questions about poker. But yeah, like I, I, I got to the point. I was just like, you know, hey, I got this. I was like, don't give a shit. Like, don't tell me. Like, yeah. And then, you know, the first like two times you do it, people like really take offense. But the third time, nobody says anything to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then if you can get a few other people in the card room doing it, you have a revolution. So try, try. It's really funny to see their faces too. And well, I used to say, I used to say to guys, uh, I used to go, "Who's your MP again?" You know, like, I suppose it would be the same as like congressman in in uh, America. Who's your congressman again? Yeah, yeah. 
maybe write to him with it. Or maybe he'll give a fuck because, like, really, really, I don't. I really can't listen to this. You know, or, like if you know them, especially, I would say that. I would go, you know, or I would just close my eyes and pretend I was sleeping straight away. I would just go like. Yeah. I remember my, my buddy. He loves to bet sports. Right, we were at the sports book watching. Uh, I think we were watching the World Cup in a baseball game. Right. And um, this guy was just bitching the entire time. He's like a 65-year-old guy. And my buddy, who's not even like, he's like 22, he says really loud for everybody to hear. It's like, I remember my first bet. (laughs) 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 Just about shit myself. (laughs) But I mean, that's really how you got. uh, The other thing I always say is like, it's adorable how angry you still get. That's like, I mean, that really puts it in their place. But all right, all right, all right. We'll wrap yeah, up. that's it. That's, that's it. an hour that's and a half. Like, that's it. That's it done. All right. Uh, follow us on oneouter.com on Twitter. That's at O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. Uh, join the Facebook group for free. That's facebook.com slash group slash oneouter or search oneouter on Facebook. You'll find it. Uh, Alex, how can people contact you? And then that's it, done. We'll finish it. Yeah, uh, you can check me out on Twitter at the Assassinato and uh, Facebook.com/assassinato. Uh, it's my personal Facebook. I don't know why I give it out. Still, I say that every week. But yeah, and uh, check out my battle with the Saurus. Uh, if you pre- you know, the Saurus did something for. Uh, go to Assassinato and the Saurus. It's like it's spelled like the Saurus. And is it spelled like the actual like book? I, I can't. This, this, this artist, yeah, all one word. Space source, yeah. but yeah, type, type in some amalgam of what you think it sounds like, and uh, you'll probably find it on YouTube. You know, share that YouTube video. Put it. The Saurus did a free poker battle. You normally like you got to pay that guy like two, three k to come out and do a battle in different parts of the world. They have to fly him out, house him, and pay him like another couple thousand on top. And he did that battle for free just because he likes you poker players so much. So check out his – I'm, I'm going to give him some shy, uh, however those kids say. But check out his Bandcamp at uh, thesauruswins.bandcamp.com. And uh, he posted on that thing, you know, follow him on YouTube. And, uh, you know, give, give him some props because he did a one-outer, a real service, like shouting us out and letting us do the battle with him. Because, you know, Barry was there as my hype man. In spirit, but uh, <laughs> like, uh, and yeah, if you want to see me battle again, I want to battle again. You know, post it, tell people about it, right on Twitter. You know what I mean? Is we, I got the opponent lined up, but we got to convince the league it's worth it to them to have this poker player snob tourist come in and say some stuff. And uh, uh, write me at assassinautocoaching at gmail dot com if you want to hook up a private lesson or, uh, you know, you just want to get all the free stuff we got coming out. We got lots of goodies coming out. And, yeah, you can just check it out. And uh, check out my blog, PokerHeadRush.com. That's kind of where I put all the weirder stuff that doesn't really fit into, like, what I can email you. That's where all, like, the book reviews and, like, long digressions about horror movies from the 70s uh, go into. And uh, I feel like there's something else I got. Oh, Pocket Fives Training. <laughs> Don't forget that. Uh, check out my videos on Pocket Fives Training. And uh, if you want to see every hand, I'm sure – Maybe three of you haven't heard of this promotion, but if you want to see every hand of the scoop I played, including my $500 rebuy final table with live commentary, write us. It's $50. Uh, you can send it to me on, on PokerStars Assassinato, uh, location Costa Rica. And 
I feel like that's it. I, I think that's it. I feel like there should be more, but, uh, you know, it's all good. Let's move. So, sounds good. Until the next time, uh, any questions, questions at oneouter.com. You can email as well or tweet or post them on the Facebook group, and Alex will deal with them next time. And until the next time, thanks for listening. Cheers!